0: Hi everybody, I don't know, Alok, if you know the Marianne Williamson poem, Our Deepest Fear. So I'm going to read it to you guys because I think it speaks to why we're here. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I? To be gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm. Do you liberate others?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that we have to live our life incandescently and take our cues from nature which is already writing the most exquisite poem, we're just catching up to it. Which means we've got to blaze until we can't anymore. And focus less on who the rays of light reach and more on the fact that we're doing our damn job, which is being incandescent. So I don't seek to liberate other people, I seek to liberate myself. And if that happens to help other people, then so be it.
0: Um, Well, you have. Um, Liberated Yourself. Um, You've written many things, but this beautiful book, Beyond the Gender Binary, um, really is incredibly special. And at the beginning of it, you talk about... in other words, there's been a lot of talk about us but very little engagement with us. This has led to misinformation and outright lies which have distracted from the realities faced by gender nonconforming people. Bias and discrimination are not just being endorsed, they are being given the green light. This gives many people permission to harass us in public everywhere we go. I do not have the luxury of being I am only seen as doing, as if my gender is something that is being done to them and not something that belongs to me. Now, it's 2023. When did you write this?
1: I wrote it in 2018. It came out in 2020.
0: And where are we now?
1: Worse. There are over 400 pieces of anti-trans legislation that have been introduced in 2023 alone, and It's only March, mind you. It's the best of times and it's the worst of times. It's the best of times in that our community is more powerful and resilient and visible than ever. It's the worst because we're having to deal with attempts to criminalize us for getting access to life-affirming healthcare, to criminalize us for existing in public. And I think what breaks my heart the most is that there's been an orchestrated attempt to make people think that trans and non-binary people have access to some mythological power, but where was that power when I got beaten on the street? Mm -hmm. Where is that power when I get spat on on the street? Where is that power when I am abused relentlessly online, told to kill myself? And the same social media platforms that say happy pride to me are silent when we say it's happening. Where is that power when queer and trans people have to deal with the stochastic terrorism that leads to incidences like Colorado Springs, where when no one believes us that we're being hunted or attacked because it's easier for them to believe that we're resilient than it is for them to remove the the hands that are wrapped around our necks?
0: Children. um, You wrote, that's the thing about being an LGBTQIA plus kid. You often don't have the luxury to come into yourself on your own terms because other people have made up their minds for you. I wish that my family had been more proactive. I wish they had introduced a conversation about bullying so that I knew I could speak about it happening too. I wish that they could have let me know that this was not okay. Now, today, young people are more in, in, in a relationship with tech mm. than they are with people, I think. I fear, I'm mm. um, sorry, but I, I do, I fear it. What role do you think tech is playing in this conversation, in the work you're trying to do?
1: Yeah. You know, on the one hand, tech has been so instrumental in helping us as LGBTQ folks to connect with one another. We grow up often feeling like we're the only person who experiences the world as we do. And then we can log online and say, there's someone else who shares my pain, someone else who shares my beauty, and I think that's tech in its best form, connection. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, what we've seen happen in the past few years is a relentless disinformation campaign on these social media platforms where people are peddling lies about trans people, myself included, as a way to push an agenda. It's not misinformation, it's disinformation, it's intentional. There's been an orchestrated effort to make people believe that LGBTQ folks, and specifically trans people, are to blame for every, every ill will that there is. And there's a long history of scapegoating, and we shouldn't have to name it, but we have to every time. Vulnerable minorities are told that we have some mythological manufactured power because the people with power, the people who actually have power, like to create it as a diversionary tactic. They give no economic plan, they give no agenda to stave off some of the biggest issues of our times, like climate change. So they distract people by making up issues, like criminalizing drag, like making up issues, like going against the American Psychiatric Association, Psychological Association, Medical Association, and saying that trans healthcare is somehow ominous or wrong. They make up these issues to distract people, and that's what social media has facilitated, a mass weapon of distraction, where people think that targeting trans people is somehow going to give salvation or stability, and it's not. And that's why I feel so much sadness, even for the people who are harassing me, because they too have been misled. Mm -hmm. They think that this is going to give them access to some kind of power or stability, and it's absolutely not. And I think what's really heartbreaking to me is that social media and, and many tech infrastructures are actually profiting from this hate. We spoke a little bit there about my experiences as a child, and it feels like being bullied, like when I was younger, with everyone watching and no one doing anything. But what feels different now is that tech companies are making millions of dollars from it. We have evidence to show that meta actually makes money from ads that call LGBTQ people groomers. We have evidence to show that many tech companies make money from trafficking in anti-LGBTQ discourse online because it's viral, because fear is a false profit, because it keeps people viewing their screens to view their ads. And so what we really need is a moment of reckoning, that the self-regulating tendencies of tech aren't working and that they're endangering our lives. And what that endangerment looks like is a constant sense of terror. I wish I could be proud. I spent so much of my life wanting to be able to look like this, wanting to be able to accept myself. And yet, when I look in the mirror, I can't tell whether to cry or to smile because it's still so hard. Every single day, I have to worry that people believe falsehoods about me and my community and that those people are gonna come and target me. And I think that's the devastating part that I have to tell a lot of trans and gender nonconforming young people: it doesn't get better for us, and it's not getting better for us because people are profiting off of our subjugation.
0: Um, you know, we we uh, we were talking earlier about everything, everywhere, all at once. Sorry, I'm not plugging it again. Don't worry, you're <laughs> not voters. It's fine. Um, but when Michelle Yeoh won the Screen Actors Guild Award, she stood up there and she said, "Can you imagine what it would have been like for me to see someone who looked like me standing up on a, in a movie theater? Uh, Ki Kwon, who who uh, was short round in the I, Indiana Jones movie, I think it's called. Um, you know, he 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 got sort of aged out of show business." And it wasn't until he saw Crazy Rich Asians and said to his wife, Echo, I never thought I'd see people who looked like me on a Mm. screen. How much, how how can allies, especially people in tech, better show up for the LGBTQ plus IA community in this moment um, from your perspective?
1: I mean, there's so much. I think what we really have to understand is that The majority of representation of trans people is not from us, it's about us. And when people are getting to know trans life now, they're getting to know it from cis people's anxieties, fears, and projections about us, not our lived realities. When people are googling transgender, they'll quickly be sent in two or three clicks onto a right-wing news site that teaches them that trans people are predatory and dangerous. That's what's fueling this anti-trans legislation and sentiment is misinformation and disinformation online. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to actually start regulating the rampant disinformation that's spreading complete falsehoods about trans life in this country. And we need to recognize that tech is actually one of the biggest media producers now, that when people are going for news, when they're going for entertainment, they're actually seeing content that sees violence against trans people as a form of entertainment. That's the reality that we live in right now, Mm -hmm. and we have to address it. I think the second thing we have to do is we have to stop relying on LGBTQ communities to blow the whistle. At this point, it's no longer blowing the whistle, it's no longer a dog whistle, it's an emergency siren. I keep wondering how bad does it have to get? How many of us have to die? How many of us have to be beaten? How many incidents like Colorado Springs do there have to be for non-trans and non-queer people to recognize that this is a state of emergency? And we need everyone to say this is a state of emergency. We need everyone to say that there is no factual basis in the scapegoating of LGBTQ communities and that we cannot profit off of these hate and fear-mongering campaigns. And what we need is not just uh, resisting this legislation, but actually creating proactive legislation that protects us, that includes us in discrimination ordinances, that includes us in workplaces, And I think ultimately what we need is to reframe the dialogue, and that's why I was so excited to speak with you. This is not a minority issue. We can't talk about this as a majority of people offering to assist a minority. Why would we ever wanna live in a world where people are hated for expressing themselves? That's not a world I'm interested in being a part of. There is no dignity, let alone decency, let alone glamor, let alone beauty in a world where people are persecuted for self-expression. What this attack, what this crusade, what this theology that masquerades itself as biology is actually about, is about limiting possibility for all people. It's about telling people you have to stay in the boxes that you were confined to growing up. You don't get to figure yourself out on your own terms. And so of course they're coming for trans people first because we might be the most visible but they're going to continue to come for everyone else right after that fact. And that's what we have to reframe the dialogue. This is not about allyship. This is about the creation of a more beautiful world.
0: (laughs) How do we do that?
1: (laughs) You know, I think we got to heal. And I sound like a broken record here, but you and I both know this. We live in a culture where everyone is trying to escape from their pain. We live in escapist culture and an addiction culture that teaches people that they have to numb themselves to their pain, and that's what transphobia is, a mass coping ritual for people to numb themselves from their own pain. It is easier to demonize trans and non-binary people. It is easier to believe in lies about us than it is to confront the fact that you were made to feel like you were never gonna be woman enough, that you were never gonna be man enough, and that it was people who said that they loved you who did that to you first. It was people who tried their best to destroy you and called it love. It is easier to demonize me than it is to reckon with your own heartbreak. And so what I read the rising tidal wave of transphobia in this country as is a grief, an unprocessed grief, that people are all actually suffering from gender norms. And the thing about suffering is that it's really difficult to stay in so people look for escapists. I think that so often the the question gets framed You know, trans people are advocating for our humanity, and I want us to refuse that. Actually, we know our humanity. It's those who hate us who don't. We are reminding you of your humanity. That's the difference. And the truth is, in a culture that is pain escapist, in a culture that seeks to anesthetize us from actually being present in our bodies, that's not what humanity is. Humanity is compassion. Humanity is interdependence. Humanity is, if they're coming for my friend, they're coming for me. And that's what's been lost, is in the silos and the borders that have been created, people can maintain the ultimate Western performance art called individualism, and it's disintegrating. So people often ask me, you know, why do you continue to dress as you do, to live as incandescently as you do, knowing that you'd experience violence, to which I respond, why do you continue to lie to yourself, knowing that you'll experience depression? Why do you continue to sacrifice your authenticity, knowing that you're never going to experience happiness? Why do you stay in relationships that aren't serving you? It's because you're afraid, and your fear is holding you back from actually being alive. And you hate me because I template what it means to be alive. You hate me because I show you that you didn't have to clip your own wings, that you didn't have to live an abbreviated version of your joy, that you didn't have to wait for pride, that it could be pride 24-7, that you didn't have to dress up for the event or the red carpet, that every motherfucking street could be your red carpet. That's why trans people are being targeted. It's not because we lack, it's because we love. And we have the audacity to love the parts of ourselves that other people hate in themselves. So what I want is actually a societal mass reckoning with healing. I want more comprehensive therapy for all people. I want more resources for people to understand what trauma does. I want real conversations around addiction and escapist culture. I want real conversations around the crisis of domestic violence and and intimate partner violence. I want us to actually say, the reason that you're typecasting an entire group of people as predatory and dangerous that you don't know is because that's easier for you to do than implicate your own parents, then implicate your own family, Mm -hmm. then implicate the people around you. The reason that you're scapegoating these strangers you don't know is because you have some unresolved pain in you and the truth is your hatred is not going to help you. It's gonna premature your own death.
0: What does the world beyond the gender binary mean what what does that mean
1: yeah a lot of you know as we've been sort of speaking about people think that people like me are the ultimate killjoys and that we're erasing people's right to be men or women that we're erasing their traditional relationship structures i i really could care less (laughs) about what you do with your life actually what we're doing is we're fighting for you to choose to choose to be a man to choose to be a woman A world beyond the gender binary says no one else gets to tell you who you are. You get to figure that out for yourself. A world beyond the gender binary says there's no standard definition on what it means to be a man, what it means to be woman, what it means to be non-binary, what it means to be trans. There's your definition. Show me. A world beyond the gender binary says that the purpose of being alive is not to conform to pre-existing categories that were made in the 19th century as a way to control populations. The purpose of being alive is to be beautiful and what beauty is, is being yourself. A world beyond the gender binary is where we champion creativity over conformity. A world beyond the gender binary is one in which we recognize that there there is many ways to be human as there are human, that being alive is the ultimate creative act, and that miracles happen every day, and it's called a smile, and it's called joy. A world without the gender binary is amazing, and I think that's what makes me so sad, is because I found that. I found that capacity to be amazed. I found that capacity to find everything wonderful and delicious and delightful, and then I got beaten. Hmm. And I don't know how to hold that in my life. That sense of fear of being able to sell out an entire venue talking about radical love, and then to go home and see hundreds of comments calling me a predator, saying that I'm dangerous and I deserve to die. I don't know how to hold that to have audiences clap for me, and then no one care when I'm spat on the street right afterwards. I don't know how to hold that. What it means to be called inspirational whenever I don't want to have to be inspirational. I want to be able to be boring. I want to be able to be. I foolish. don't think that's
0: ever gonna. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? I don't think you. I just can want be to boring. chill. <laughs> you can chill, but you're not yeah. gonna be boring.
1: Okay, fine, fair. Enough. Sorry. Keep that going. was. You know, I just. It's, it's very strange, and that's why I say it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, because I think that's the only way to understand it, the times we live in are non-binary, where the algorithms that many people in this room have designed have created two Americas, where on the one hand, one America sees trans people as champions of creative self-expression, and the other sees us as predatory, violent degenerates. And so how to traverse that, where the more visible I become, the more targeted I am and the, the multi-year campaigns that try to discredit everything I am by misattributing quotes to me, by doctoring images about me, to spread fear. But I think the reason that I keep coming back is because this world beyond the gender binary helped me find you, helped me find the people in this audience who care, helped me find the beautiful people, and that the only narrative I learned as a kid was that if I expressed myself, I would lose everything but what they didn't tell me is that I was find what I was searching for all along, and that was people who are willing to be real. And that's what I think art is for me. It's not that we're pretending to be something when we're acting. It's not like we're simulating something. We're actually being present. And for the first time when I speak, I can know that it's my voice. I can know that it's my tear. Even though these eyelashes some people would call fake, I can know they're mine as well.
0: That's all the time we have, but I I would like you to make one final statement to a room full of people, as you said, who build algorithms. What can we do? Give us some direction. Because I, I think there are a lot of people in here who would like to have that direction and don't even know where to find it.
1: Yeah. Let's make hate unprofitable. Let's redefine the agenda of tech. Let's make love viral. Mm. Let's make compassion and empathy viral. Let's harness the innovation that this industry has to actually create a more generous and kind world, not a divisive world. And let's actually look towards the leadership of trans and non-binary people because we are the original entrepreneurs. We did it with our own lives. We gave birth to ourselves. We lost so much safety, security, family, and we did it anyways, even though people thought we were crazy and silly, because we said, hey everyone, there's something here in this thing called a life, and it can be beautiful, and it doesn't have to be miserable. Let's hold big tech accountable for violence against LGBTQ people. Let's, as LGBTQ employees in these companies, condemn how these companies are making money from trafficking and anti-LGBT disinformation. Let's not just end disinformation, let's share trans stories. Let's show trans people as we actually are, deeply ordinary and extremely impeccable and wonderfully capricious and curious, and people just like you who have concerns people just like you who have concerns like what I'm going to eat for lunch next. The transgender agenda is not about the destruction of civilization. It's about journaling, going home, actually sitting with our feelings and saying, wow, what a delight it is to be here, to be here and be alive. I love Thanks so much.
0: Thank you all.